When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 109 of the Red Supporters Trust podcast. Ronald Flanagan here this week. Joined by Sean Dunn. Sean, how's things? Ah, as good as they can be, Ronan. Jerry O'Connor. Jerry, how are you? Oh, I don't, I'm not really sure, to be honest. And hello, Donald Kelly. Hello, Ronan Flanagan. How are you doing? All good. Come to the death notices, lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Family flowers only. Donations in low of Daniel Draw. Anyway. <laughs> this week we'll look back on another turgid display in Turner's Cross. And we'll also answer a few questions. Um we'll also look back on the women's team who were defeated by Wexford. And we'll also look back on a few underage results from the weekend as well. So, lads, we'll go back to Turner's Cross on Friday night. Sean, we thought it couldn't get any lower, and indeed it did. It's beyond rock bottom. Um, It's hard to describe where we are at the moment. The frustration and anger online is justified by everyone. This team has let the fans down like like, like a ton of bricks. Uh, it's hard. Ronan just talking offline there like to, to even come on and analyse that game like, there's nothing even to analyse. Only mistakes, 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 mistakes. John Russell obviously coming under serious, serious criticism, and criticism is due. He's the main man. But for me, my anger has shifted towards the players because they don't give a shite. Call a spade a spade. I think you can pick out three or four players that care, look like they care, and the rest are just going through the motions, in my opinion. I'm sure the boys, they might disagree with me, that's fine. I'm sure there's lots of people that would disagree with me, but from my point of view, looking on, like there's there's players coming on the next morning, posting pictures of themselves on Instagram, playing a game, like, <laughs> come around to yourself. The modern footballer is, uh, I won't say what I think of the modern footballer, to be honest with you, but after one of the most important games in the club's recent history in terms of where it could leave us in the future and to lose it and for your mentality to be posting pictures of yourself the next day just just tells me everything I need to know about a player, player's mentality. So it's it's gone beyond worrying. I think we've hit rock, beyond rock bottom and personally, I think we're doomed. Can, can I ask, Sean, who was it that posted the picture? And Jerry, you made the trip to Turner's Cross on, on Friday night. Your own feelings after after that? My own feelings, I suppose, like down in the dumps, just I, I don't know, I can't really put it into words like uh, how I feel. So, <laughs> probably not the best place to be on a podcast, but yeah, like you've traveled down, Donald, myself and Donald travel down, uh, up and down. So, yeah, long trip home. I suppose, good looking back on the game itself, like we started off really, really well. Um, you know, we were the dominant team without creating a 
whole pile, but enough to surely get our noses in front. And I think if we had got our nose in front, I think we would have went on and won it. But then, as Sean said, you know, the constant mistakes. And they're not even like, everybody makes mistakes during games. But the mistakes that we, like I was saying last week, you know, be brave on the ball. And if you do make mistakes, fine. But like, there's mistakes about giving the ball away. And there's mistakes where you're giving penalties away or goals away. They're like catastrophic mistakes, you know. And especially, I think, I think Cork couldn't really believe their luck, to be honest, to get in front. And in fairness to them, they didn't really look back after that and we just kind of self-imploded and I think the second goal was um, truly indicative of that where a simple throw in over the centre half head and Keating just runs on and scores and honest to God actually what it did remind me of when I was in when I went to the brothers school at St John's and we used to be playing you know a break time or before school that was the type of goal it was some fella launch it big foul throw or whatever the case may be and some fella run on and kick it in and it was that kind of I wouldn't even class it as schoolboy youth football it was playground stuff oh, at the end of the game it was just like kind of it was just like I I, oh, I don't know I don't know that's that's my take on it so far and I'm sure look we'll get into it more but things need to change on and off the pitch if if we are I, I, I still think we have enough to say off but Jesus you wouldn't you wouldn't put money on us at all and doing that first goal it's a uh... It's an avoidable one, really. Well, I think there was, there was an instant running before the first goal, I think, that really kind of, once they set the tone, but I suppose made life difficult for defence anyway. And that was John Mahan going to ground and getting a stupid yellow card early in the game. Uh, totally unnecessary. And when you want, I suppose, fellas with cool heads, not to be putting yourself under that kind of pressure, like John making an attack like that was absolutely, oh, it was chronic, being honest with you. And I think that kind of, that I wouldn't say set a tone, but certainly it did look at him. It was sent out a kind of distress signal for, for maybe what was, was to come later in the game. I think you're dead right, though. Not sorry to cut in there, but I think you're dead right about cool heads. Like, you know, at the end of the day, we knew going down there that let's not lose the game. So let's just keep it, you know, keep it steady, cool heads, you know, mentality. We would have worked on this all week. And it just takes one mistake, and our heads are heads are absolutely blown. Yeah. So you'd have to question the mentality of the players. There is no bar maybe three, I would have thought. Yeah. The last day. The, the rest of them just no character. They should no the character. Yeah, 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 yeah. No character whatsoever. No I wouldn't even say self belief because I'd say professionalism, Jerry. Yeah, and I I'd even go beyond that. Just like just character for me. It's just yeah. no character. I look at that, what I looked at there the other night and, you know, I look at some of these players that are playing for us at the moment and we've all hyped all these lads up over the season and put them on platforms that maybe they don't deserve to be on sometimes. But there's a lot of them that haven't actually achieved anything in the game, really. And there was players strutting around that pitch there, they were sauntering around the pitch as if they were world beaters and doing absolutely nothing. Whereas the people that have actually achieved something in the game, and Gary Buckley and Greg Bulger were putting their hearts on the line. They went and they wanted yeah. to play, and they gave everything on the pitch. Gary Buckley was a Rolls-Royce the other night. Only for him, we would have been even... It could have been six or seven. Reese Hutchinson as well, Sean. There was, there was three players that were driving down the road. In my head, there was three players that actually showed up for that match. It was Buckley, Bulger, and Reese Hutchinson, and that was it. Uh, every as the rest of them they just they just I don't know they, and uh, especially in the second half like we were going down and you're looking for fellas to kind of come out and say do you know something like show a bit of steel or show a bit of 
you know, like yeah. resolve and say, no, we're not bet yet. And to come out and, as Jerry says, to be beaten, I, I, I throw a ball over two centre halves and uh, Keating is just through and goal and, and, and uh, look, like, more or less an open goal. It's absolutely criminal stuff, criminal stuff. And, and the third goal as well, uh, Hartman dilly-dallying on the ball, uh, gets caught in midfield, falls in his arse looking for a free kick, which was fair too fucking much of as well by our players on, yeah. on, on Friday night. Again, no good. Like, Fabrice Hartman, and I, I not, look at, I don't like calling for this out, but at the end of the day, Fabrice Hartman could potentially be the most talented player in the league. But I tell you, if you don't have, if you don't have a, a stomach for a fight, you know, like, like, forget about it. These, this is the League of Ireland, and if you if you don't make it in the League of Ireland, there's no way you're going to make it in in uh, in Championship, uh, League One, League Two over in England, or wherever your aspirations are to be as a professional footballer. Forget about it. If you can't do it here, no, like it's, you know, I look and, and it's not. No, but you're but you're right in what you're saying, Donald. You're 100 percent right because at the end of the day, we're playing against a piss poor Cork team. Like it's not let's, just... let's not get let's not get carried away and say these are a good side. They're absolutely terrible. So they are, and we. Let them walk through us at times and giving away a stupid goal. Like even for that first goal, like Gary Buckley makes an absolutely a fantastic tackle and yeah. reclaims the ball and plays yeah. a simple ball back to Connor Walsh. I'm sorry, lads, I don't care how young he is or whatever it is. He's still he's gone he's gone and been called up for the under nineteens. He's, he's an international goalkeeper. Just clear the ball. Get the ball out. That's he it. he no, takes no. a stupid touch and yeah. I'm sorry, but there's no you can't be baby in a fella like that. No, That's killer. It's stupid. absolutely Ridiculous. killer. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Sean. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. And I, he made a mistake last weekend as well. I tried to give the fella the benefit of the doubt. 100%. Just put the ball out. Don't take the touch. Just put the ball out. I will say one thing. The ball had actually crossed the line before there was the contact. In, and I'm 110% on that. The ball had crossed the line. The ball was out. So... To my mind, it should have been a corner kick, not a penalty kick. But that's irrelevant. We we still yeah. uh, we still didn't do enough in the game to uh, uh, to get anything from it. I suppose just one other thing that I've worthy of note as well is is the difference between the two the the, the two front men, right? If you look at Keating, we're talking about this coming down coming down to one care. Keating sitting on the shoulder of of one of the centre halves all the time, looking to get in behind. Whereas our fella, he's going around there, and is if if a fella fucking flicks his here. He's down on the ground looking for a free kick. And it, and it probably nearly one of the biggest fellas in the football pitch. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a physical contact sport. Don't be, embrace the physicality of it. And don't be fucking throwing yourself on the ground looking for free kicks willy-nilly. It's, it's, I tell you, well, when, when you're chasing the game and your fellas throwing themselves on the ground looking for stupid free kicks instead of getting on with the game and trying to fucking win it, that's when you're in serious trouble. And Donald, and staying on the ground when, the t- when Cork are breaking. Yeah. And staying on there like a fucking big baby. On yeah. the like he done everything but his job the other night. Hmm. He wouldn't stay as a number nine. He was playing left midfield. He was playing right midfield. He was playing centre midfield. I was nearly sure he was going to drive the bus home at one point. He he was doing everything bare what he's meant to be doing. He's the definition, in my opinion, of a five side footballer. So lovely little touches here, there, and everywhere. But he's a he's a dream to play against. An absolute dream because he takes that extra touch that allows the centre half to recover. Even if he does make them, he takes the extra touch and he's not effective with the ball at his feet after that. Any defender can always recover and claim the ball back off him. He's so easy to defend against. He's totally ineffective to what we're doing. Whereas we would be better off going with Elding going forward now for the rest of the season. Because Marteo is not offering us anything. Anything at all. 
I think he's he's been so poor and I know he needed time to settle and everything, but he hasn't offered us what we need. We need a striker, we need a front man that's going to hold up the ball, take take the ball into his feet and bring players into play. Like what Max was doing for us, that's the way we need to be. He's the complete opposite. And, and, and he's, the, he's the physical attributes to be that, yeah. but I don't know. You I, can I, see I, why he's had a new club every year for the last few years. I actually thought like Joe, like that we weren't going to miss Max that much, but Jesus, I tell you, we are really, really missing him as well. Like we're really missing him. Uh, as you say, like that presence that and and like a, a workhorse that that do a lot of pressing and and stuff like that that doesn't seem to be done now at the moment, you know. So, um... well, Pe- Pedro does do work. Well, he does work, Jerry, but in wrong areas. Like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we said this last week, and um, he does plenty of work, but not where he's doing the work is hurting us rather than hurting them. Yeah. You know, going back to take throw-ins from the left and right back, dropping into where the number 10 should be, just kind of, rather than pulling pl- players away, he's making areas more congested. 100%. Yeah, so, you know, he, ha- he has all the attributes to be a number nine, but he doesn't want to be one. So, like, there's a few fellas there, like, I I, I would seriously consider, you know, I, if I was them, I'd seriously consider about giving up football at the end of the season. I, I don't disagree with you on a few of those, Jerry, to be honest with you. Because if that's their if that's their level, and that's what they're happy with, and if they think they're genuinely putting in good performance as well, I'm sorry they won't go any further than Sligo Rovers, and they'll be yeah. lucky to have contracts next season. So they would anywhere, because what I'm with, like, and I'm talking about there's footballers out there that are supposedly in, international players, and that's frightening. Yeah, that's genuinely frightening. So it's right, like Rad Slave was couldn't wait to get off the pitch. Yeah. yeah, he phoned it in, and he should be ran. In my opinion, yeah. he phoned that in. There was nothing wrong with him. No, so there wasn't nothing wrong. With him. He he saw the going was getting tough, and he says, "No, that's enough of that for me." Yeah, I've had enough of this. Yeah, he was gone. He, you could see, you see it, you see that all the time at the top level of football. You see players phoning it in. He phoned it in. So that just yeah. tells you everything you need to know about him. And though it wasn't even that hostile, it wasn't even that hostile of an environment. I'd imagine like turn across there'd be six thousand people. I know what the capacity is. There's only like there was two thousand four hundred people at the game, like. You know, it was. I'd say it was the most unintimidating atmosphere in Turner's Cross that you could get on the night, and yet we still somehow have managed to to concede uh, to concede three goals and absolutely ruin ourselves. Like, and and just one other thing as well in terms of the goal, like the goal difference. Whereas we had such a strong goal difference, that's a six point swing in the goal difference now as well, which is potentially another point. That one point that might have kept us above Cork. Like conceding three goals, that's it's criminal stuff again. Yeah, I wouldn't even bring the I wouldn't even bring the crowd or the hostility into it. Like two thousand four hundred people, like you get as many as I don't know Duffy's Circus, you know, on a Friday night. Like it's because I suppose that's where some of them are going to end up. Yeah, I wouldn't even like if you're fresh if you call yourself professional footballer. I don't even think that comes into it. Like, but this going back to what Sean's saying as well, just about this Instagram. That's the mentality that you're dealing with with some of these fellas. Um, and that like fucking like go ponies but like I, I, you know I was saying to chatting to the outlet after the game and that you know and you know I was just saying these fellas forget who's actually paying their wages yeah. and they really do they forget who's paying the way, and if the audacity then to strut around the place and you know king kings of the road or whatever you want to call themselves but my god they have no respect they have absolutely no and there is a few out there you could see like and I I go back to Bulger and Cawley, or not Cawley, well, Cawley wasn't playing, but he is one as well, and Buckley. You can actually see the frustration and anger in them. 
going through the whole 90 minutes and they were trying, they were roaring at other fellas and just it's falling on deaf ears. You can actually see, I can only imagine what it's like in the dressing room because these fellas just aren't listening. They're not. And there is other lads like Niall Morahan. He's there. His heart is there. You know, he had a terrible night the other night. There's no two ways about that. He was awful. He'll know that himself. Reese Hutchison is one that he is. He does seem to be giving it. Now that dive in the box, that's criminal for me. So it is, I don't. That shouldn't be accepted by anyone, because that's just nonsense. So it is, it's a needless yellow card that could maybe cost you even further later on in the game if we were to get back into it. But he was that one that they gave him as well. Sean, when he came on, like, in fairness, he had the best chance of the game when he came yeah. on. Yeah, that was a great effort off his left foot as well, actually. Yeah. yeah. So and again, like, it just shows. Like, I'm sorry, but like. You know, you're saying about Hartman, and I agree with you as well. Like, Hartman was terrible the last night. Like, we must have got the wish version of Hartman back from Leipzig because it's not the Hartman we had beforehand. Mm. And, like, Frank Levac, like I said it enough times, and it feels like I'm coming for him personally all the time, but I'm not. But, like, Levac's like he's, we're playing with 10 men all the time. Like, it's it's mind-boggling how much this lad has regressed. And I, I'm repeating myself over and over about it, but it, it's so frustrating when I see him on the pitch because nothing happens with him. He just constantly gives the ball away. Stefan is another one. You're seeing these little flashes and then he goes and he phones it in. Pathetic. Martel, just not worth the time in my opinion either. Like We're listening to too many players all the time that are letting us down. And we just, we can't facilitate this. But some of our own as well, like, you know, you have to, vast, vast majority of the players, um, I think we call out maybe three or four that have tried to rally the troops, but it's fallen on deaf ears and it is total living in cloud cuckoo land, total lack of respect for the supporters and the volunteers of the club. Um, you know, it's just, and the more the game went on, and it's not even just about this game, obviously, there's been a multitude of games where you could say similar because obviously that's the case because of where we are. But it's just as, as the season has gone on, as the game went on the last night, we just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And again, I'd say it's not about ability, it's about mental strength. And there so many of them are so weak. They're more interested in their Instagram accounts, how their hair looks, how their socks are, where they are, or they're pulled up enough or down enough or whatever. All this superficial superficial bullshit. Um, but absolute weaklings in terms of mentality. Spineless. They'll go nowhere in life, never mind football, because if that's their attitude to their profession. Good luck when you're working in the factory in two or three years' time because that's where most of them will be. Then they'll know about a real, a real job. Getting up at six o'clock in the morning to have to go to work. I tell you, there's some shocks coming down the rail, down the, the railway uh, for these lads. Good times are over. And I tell you, like the, the killing part about it is the amount of people, for myself personally, I'd give me right arm to go out there and put on a Sega Rovers jersey if I had the ability to, to go out there and represent my team. Uh, so I, I literally, if I would love to have a fraction of the ability that some of those lads have, and yet they go out in the pitch and like no character. You said it, Jerry, spineless. That's the word, spineless. You know, no backbone whatsoever in, the, in in a lot of these performances. And you know, it's just it's 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 nearly it's it's beyond disappointment at this stage. It's 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 just like it's a new law, but it's nearly expected. At this stage, like how low, how low, how low can we get? You know, how low, how low, how low do things have to get before you get a reaction out of them? You know, but I, like 
the mistakes, like I keep harping on about the mistakes, but if you go, like the mistakes are happening from nearly the first game of the season. Oh, and that's also, I suppose, you, you mentioned, you know, a few players, but also, you know, we, we have to mention, like, like John Russell and isn't immune to the criticism as well. Like, no, Ronan, I like, I'd be John's biggest fan. And I, like, I, I think John, a couple of things about John Russell, right? John Russell. I was actually up the showgrounds today and outside the way team dressing room uh, in the outdoor museum there's a there's a, a, a thing about John Russell on it uh, John Russell for what he's given this club down to the years as a player has he's rightly revered as a, as a Rovers legend right uh, and again his, his, his I suppose his legacy last summer at, uh, winning all the games in Europe and uh, getting such a fantastic summer that's last year and this is this year and I think you know I just don't see a plan B, and that's what concerns me with John. Um, I think, you know, John is obviously a very principled fella, but sometimes you have to be pragmatic and, um, you know, like play the game as as it needs to be played. Like that game on on Friday night, all we had to do is sit in and try and hit Cork in the break. That's all we do. They had to beat us. Instead, they did what we should have done. And do you know what I mean? It was it was just I don't know. It was it was a disaster. Being honest with you, it was a disaster. And I think John himself said in uh, I think it might have been in the champion, but in the media anyway, he said there was a must win game. We're bet three nil. So like, where do you go with that? And even afterwards, like in fairness, I, I, like again, you can never question the guy's character. Like he came over to the fans and like he he listened to to to, to whatever whatever was said. Uh, by the way, fans after the game, like you know, and he he held his hands up, and you just I don't know sometimes you just got an impression like like you know is is, uh, is he is he out of his depth? I don't know. I I'd like to think he's not, but like at the same time, like you can't go through the whole month of August without scoring a goal. That's not good enough. You know, it's as simple as that. You can't like you can't go down to Turner's cross in a must not lose game and lose three 0 you know, and and like how to create a uh, a chance worth while. I don't know, maybe there was two chances in the whole entire game. Like we're playing the same way week in, week out, week in, week out. We're conceding stupid goals, and when we concede a stupid goal, it's nearly impossible for us to get back into the game because everything is in front of a team that can sit in and hit us on the break and score another goal. It's do you know what I mean? It's not. I as I say, I know. Fucking football expert, but I can see I can see with my own two eyes what's going wrong, and we all know what the definition definition of stupidity is is to do the same thing over and over and over and over again and expect a different result. Like the goals that we've conceded all season long are absolutely criminal, and at the end of the day, you have to look at your coaching staff and say, like, well, that's what the fuck are you at on the on, on the on the training ground because. We cannot have this week in, week out, and yet week in, week out, we have it. As I say, I I, I love John Russell, and in my eyes, he'll always be a, a club legend. But like John needs to do better as well, and Ryan Casey, and that's no disrespect to lads, but I just saying it straight, it, it has to be better than this. It, this isn't good enough. You go back to the start of the season, and we've seen some absolutely brilliant performances, like some of the football that we witnessed was quality. Like go back to that goal Reese Hutchinson scores against Pats at home when we're down to ten men. Mm-hmm. That's one of the best goals you'll see all season with the football that was played from our back line right up. And that happened on so many occasions at the start of the season. What we've seen from about 
April, May is a complete regression in our style of play. We actually have no style of play at the moment. We can't string two passes together. We don't look like we have a, even a set formation about us. We don't play in any patterns of play anymore. It's it's helter-skelter out there. Everything is bomb scare stuff. Lads playing around the back like it's a hot potato. They can't wait to get rid of it. it there's nothing to us anymore. And that's unfortunately where it does fall with John and Ryan, where you know, you'd expect better from them as coaches, you know, to rein this in and get a bit of control over it. Like, but player ability steps into it, of course. But I just don't understand how we were able to do it at the start of the season and we're not able to do it now. What's gone wrong? Like, yeah, yeah, like, fair enough, we had injuries and stuff like that. That's all that's gone, but them excuses are gone and they're long gone. Let's be honest, everyone's back. And that's even Gary Buckley, who we didn't even have at the start of the season. Gary's back. And even at that, it was Gary was the only one and Greg that looked like they were able to string a couple of passes together the other night. Like, I I can't put my finger on one thing in particular and say, you know, right, that's the serious issue. There's that many. It's like a leaking boat and there's just, it's springing a leak everywhere. So it is. Uh, it's, there's, I don't know how you fix it. Like, even get, like, even if the, the club was to sack John, it doesn't it doesn't improve us because what's out there is still gonna is still gonna be the exact same thing on the pitch. You know, players are, in my opinion, the ones to be held most accountable at the moment. The book will always stop, I suppose, with John. He's the manager. That's what everyone goes for first, and he has to improve too. He'll know that himself. But at least you know John and Ryan. At least they'll be hurting a little bit because they have a little bit of pride in the work. Yeah. But something has to change in their big time and something has to change quick so it is. and they need to they need to be the ones to make that change now I think I think they not big team meetings or any shite like that they just need to put in the work now with the lads not saying they weren't put, putting it in before but some serious serious hard work needs to be put in by all parties going forward here yeah like I don't know it's hard it, it is hard to put a finger on it though Sean isn't it like what is it though is like you mentioned the lack of goals in August. Is it like that we're not we're not scoring the goals? Is that what the main point is? And we always know then we kind of leave I, ourselves to. I I don't think Ron. First, well, first of all, we're not creating enough chances. First of all, and second of all, we're giving away stupid goals. Like if you can't score goals and you're leaking goals, like that's a recipe for disaster. I mean, surely to God, in my head, the first thing, the most important thing. For us, a couple of months ago, was to stop the mistakes at the back. That's stop conceding stupid goals. Like I, I could, and I again, and I, I'd always blame referees. I blame everyone. I blame absolutely everyone. But at some stage, we have to take responsibility ourselves. Like, you know, like it's it, like stop conceding. Just, just what, keep a clean sheet. That's it. Just yeah. don't think about scoring a fucking goal. Just keep a clean sheet. But is the want is the want like so you'd have to question the desire of the defenders to keep a clean sheet. Yeah. Like, do you you know, sometimes you'd see someone, you know, making a brilliant block and defenders would celebrate like scoring a goal and you know that kind of way they'd be clapping each other on the back. Like there doesn't seem to be any kind of um cohesion between the defenders. Um even cohesion in terms of like personality. Like they don't seem to be a unit. They don't seem to talk a lot to each other. They don't seem to communicate. They don't seem to be able to pick up 
on other on on the other partners mistakes or you know it's just totally disjointed and i know down in cork there we we went with three at the back but we were they were so far apart from each other it was just ridiculous it was like you could have drove the titanic down between them that was just something i noticed there the last day i'm kind of going off on a tangent but it's just it's it's you have to put it down to desire really don't you to keep clean sheets that's your starting point too and then start trying to build a platform where you can score goals mm. But again, there's no desire, just not enough desire to get it break into the box. There's not, it's not even in their mindset, I think, to score goals. Like I know we had this discussion before where, you know, it's a defensive midfielder, it's not really their job to score goals. And my opinion, it is everybody's uh, job on the pitch to score goals and create chances. Um, but I just don't think it's in part some of our players' makeup that they it's their job to score goals as well. It's, it just feels like right throughout the squad that everything is somebody else's job. Yeah. It's not my responsibility, bar one or two. Look at us defensively on set pieces, Jerry. what you're saying there, there's no desire. Like, since Max Matt has left, only if John Mannes looks to be the only man that goes and tries to win a header from a corner. You know, you have Nando Pinacker in there. I don't think I've seen him clear one ball this season with his head from a corner. So, yeah. I have, like, you know, he's one of the biggest men on the pitch, so he is. And I have to say, he's like a little kitten, you know. He gets bowled out of the way so easy, his head drops. Like, this is an international footballer. Like, he can't he's, he can't play a five-yard pass at times. You know, and he's, he's trying to hit these 60-yard balls. It's nonsensical. Like, ah, yeah, but he's a lovely fella, though. <laughs> but that's that's the answer you get when you say this to somebody. Yeah. He's a great fella, though. But great fellas don't keep you up, or great fellas don't keep the ball out of the net, or great fellas don't score goals. Like, our best defender this season has been Max Matter from set pieces. Yeah. Every single time, front post, he's nodding them away. Now we don't have that, and you expect others. And like what I would have said before, all you expect is, you know, the minimum you'd expect from people is to do their jobs. But we're not even getting that. Mm. It's it. They're we're leaving it to somebody else. Ah, that's you know, they can do it. There's no it comes back to desire. Like you know, international players like oh Jesus, mentality. It's mentality. That's it's just mentality. That's and and the lack of it. And and then that that that's a lack of respect then for the supporters. Like, you know, every game they come up and clap, like they must think we're fucking dummies. In, but like, really and truly, they're taking the piss, like. Yeah, but even like even on Nando there, like call a spade a spade. Like that time for the Shamrock Rovers game, where he's he's out he's out injured with his back, but he's fit to go play international football. Like like you know, that was the biggest slap in the face to like Rovers fans you'll ever get. So it is. I minded myself to go and play for New Zealand. Yeah. All right, so, sorry. Uh, we mind ourselves so we won't go out selling tickets, so we went door to door, lads yeah. walking walking miles, uh, on an evening after doing a full day's work, so to, so that we can pay your wages. Don't worry about it. You work away and go to New Zealand. Like stuff like that is just people just take that and they're like, oh yeah, he's right. Like how. How in God's name is that right? Like, I'm not saying that was the issue the other night, but it's little things like that. It's just, they're completely out of touch. And maybe, look, maybe we're just ingrained in this club too much. And look, we are. We're all diehards. But Ah, no. Players, I think, players, I think players, it's a basic. Like, any football fan, you know, you have the right to expect that, to be honest. You know, it doesn't matter. We support. Whereas for Barcelona or Manchester United, you know, you expect players to turn up and, and give it all. And, not pick and choose games that they want to play in because they want to protect themselves to play in an international. Like, 
you know, at the end of the day, it's not New Zealand that's paying wages or the Bermudan FA or whoever the case may be. It's you've got a job, and that's going back to like you know, football career is short as well, and blah 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 blah. But they'll have to go and get a real job someday. We're like, ah, fuck, can I come? You know, you know, doesn't real life doesn't work like that, lads. Yeah, like like if the volunteers, as you said, Sean, if the volunteers that are out selling the tickets, if they said, ah, fuck, they couldn't be bothered out selling tickets. Where's the pot of cash to pay for the fucking wages? Do you know what I mean? And also, look what you're doing. Go into the showgrounds now. Look at them players. Go into the showgrounds and look where there was crowds of 3,000, 3,200. Fucking half that now. That's on you as a footballer because you can't put on a fucking show. Do you know what I mean? Because, you, you know, it's, it's, it's that the, the fall in the crowd is a direct uh, reflection on how bad that they're playing. But do you want to see, um, Donald, do, I know that's all and well, well and good, but do you honestly think that majority players give a fuck about that? If there's 1,500 or 3,000 there, they don't give a flying fuck. I, I, th- I think there's there's some players that do, Jerry, but obviously... Very no, few. Well, there's a, there's a lot that don't, obviously, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. they don't give a fuck. Not about that. If there's 50 people there, they don't care. As long as they're getting their, their wage in the week, that's all they give a fuck about. And, and just that... thinking about just thinking about the next night out or the next trip away or anything like that. And at the end of the day, I would say to the supporters, I know it's as hard as it is to support the club at the moment. You're, you're supporting the club. You're not supporting... You know, it's not... The players will be gone. And to be honest with you, sooner some of them are gone, the better. And you know what? We'll never remember them again. Or we will... For all the wrong reasons, more more to the point, we remember for them all the wrong reasons. But I would say to the supporters to keep supporting the club, um, as hard as it is, and as pathetic and spineless as the performance from a lot of players are, I know it's an insult to go out and watch it. But the only thing, only only thing you'll hurt is the club by not turning up. Uh, players don't give a fuck if you turn up or not, but it matters to the club, and we all work together. You know. As I said, look, Sly Rovers isn't about one, two, three people. It's about thousands of people pulling together for the club. And now, as hard as it is, just keep keep doing what we've always d- done because th- these shower of flutes will be gone, you know, pretty soon. And we'll be here to to pick up the pieces as usual. Um, so yeah, and that's it. They will. They'll wash their hands of us, Jerry, and they won't yeah. remember Sly Rovers either. So the one, but like that, the people that are here supporting us week in week out, they're they're what's important. Players will always come and go. Look at Bogdan. Do you know what I mean? P- fans tearing their hair out about this fella. He didn't care. He's gone. He signed. He's gone. Someone else. Sligo Rovers is a distant memory to him. So don't don't even take it so personally. What they're at out there, because the club is far more important than him, a hundred percent, and it always will be. And as we saw, an issue was was aris, arisen on. On Friday was the a lot of talk about the substitutions that were made and the impact. You know, kind of we were looking for a bit of an impact off the bench, Donald, and you know, like it, very kind of I suppose you could say strange changes made. Well, look, I suppose the Robbie Burton one, fair enough. Well, first of all, first things first, in a game of that gravity, and I know I said it's a jury, probably again, probably a jury's poor ear bent coming down the road in the care, but say. Uh, like, David Cawley has to start that game, in my opinion. Like, David Cawley is a fella that gets that game, understands the importance of that game. He should be starting that game, in my opinion, on on on, on Friday night. And set the tone, set the precedent. 
that's the kind of guy you want in a pitch. When 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 the chips are down and you're looking for a leader, he's the man. Uh, yeah, so Robbie Burton, and fairness to Robbie Burton, I thought Robbie Burton, for a fellow that hasn't played a lot of football, I thought he was actually all right as well. I don't know, I, 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 I don't know how much you can realistically expect out of him. He's, I think that's probably his first full 90 minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're looking for a goal. You have uh, Young Elding on the bench and you're reserving on full backs. Like, like, I don't know. Where do you go with it? Like, it's uh, no, and, and you're looking for a bit of creativity. Like, bring on Barrow, bring on your two goals down, bring on somebody that might have something in the locker that could actually change the game. Don't be like, and that's like, in fairness, I'm sure John had a probably good rationale as to why he made those changes. But like, when he does something like that, he's given a rod for himself to be bad with because, you know, like, like if we're fucking three goals down or two goals down, just bring on fucking somebody that can actually, is, there, is a striker, that can actually put the ball in the net. Give him a fucking chance. You know, like, I just, I don't know. As but I say, also, what are we waiting for, Don? Huh? Why are we waiting to make change? No, no, we're bringing him on 88 minutes, Sean. Yeah. Right? Because he's done the same thing against, uh, against Shell as well, like, like literally last minute or last couple of minutes of the game. It's no good. Give the young fella a go. He can't do any fucking worse than what's out there already. Do you know the kind of way? Give him a go. And even, I'd be honest with you, you see the way they, they all the talk about Evan, Evan Ferguson. We have another great young fella coming through there, the young Gabby Don lad. Uh, introduce him into the first team. And let the even, you know what I mean? Even have him around. Well, maybe it mightn't be the best environment to be around now. But <laughs> who knows? Like, if, he's, if, he's, if he's good enough, you know what I mean? Who knows what he can bring to the party? But that's like that's what Bose have done. And you watch Bose have bought that fella through. The money Bose are going to make over, over Evan Ferguson is bananas. We need to be thinking along those lines. Uh, I'm not saying that, that John Gabby is going to do that, but maybe he will be. Who knows? Unless he gets a go, unless he gets a run out. Um, and young Barrow the same. Like Unless they get a go, they can't do any worse than what we have there at the moment anyway. That's... that's, that's no, no point bringing on full backs when you're looking for when you're looking to score two goals. And Jerry, if I can go back to a point you made near the start regarding um like changes, we've talked about changes on the pitch, but certainly gonna maybe changes off the pitch as well, as you mentioned. Yeah, um I suppose look, it's you know, with Theo going now, who knows what's gonna happen, John Russell. I think it's just it's it's an opportunity maybe for the club to restructure itself in terms of its you know, daily daily operations you know and I don't want to be critical but you can go into the showgrounds nobody knows really the opening hours of the showgrounds it's very hit and miss in terms of our kind of front-facing uh, supporter services Um, you know I, I think that we don't really there doesn't seem to be a structure there there's no form of daily operations who engages with the public who's looking after this that and the other and I think it's a good operate a good time now maybe to set a structure in place to make us more fluid and function better um that's what i that's that my opinion in, in the in terms of the the daily operations in terms of like the overall strategy of the club like do we i know we brought out a five-year plan there a few years ago but was that just a box ticking exercise and do we really believe what's in that plan I'm not talking about the stadium or anything like that. I'm talking about again operations and where we go in in the future. Um, like you know, if we are fortunate enough to stay up this season, 
um, our budget is going to be dramatically uh, slashed. You're probably talking about going from 2.2 million to about 1.7, 1.6. So what's the plan? Do we have a plan in how we're going to bridge that gap and stay competitive? Because in my opinion, you know, sometimes if you get your strategies and you get your operations and your costs and things like that, you can pretty much operate just as well off less money if you do it the right way. Um, you know, I, I I think, you know, we do need to, you know, whether we look for investors or things like that, I think that's probably maybe not for this season or next season. Maybe it is down the road, but again, how do we, how do we operate better? Um, what's your policy in terms of the academy or and re- player recruitment? There doesn't seem to be a policy in terms of player recruitment. Like I would be nearly going down, you know, the the road of, of getting rid of the older guys and maybe start, maybe keep on one or two, all right, you know, for, for experience. But I've been going down and, and headhunting, right, who's the best right back? Have we got have we got a right back here that can slot into the team for next year? If we don't, right, who's the best right back in the first division? Or who's the best right back at Shamrock Rovers that isn't getting a game? And bring in young, hungry players that, maybe want to use us as a stepping stone, but have a bit of heart and desire. Like, do we have, are we, do we have a recruitment policy as such? You know, that's the way I would be looking at it. And maybe that's a way to bring the budget down. Also, you know, I know we have this strategic alignment or agreement with Everton, pile of piss. I know we've re-engaged with them in the last while, but again, I'd be looking for other clubs to maybe engage with, maybe someone like Blackpool, you know, that maybe have guys there that aren't getting first-team football and get them in on the season-long loan. In terms of the likes of, say, Reese Hutchison, you know, you know, get him in on season-long loan, pay half his wage. Again, you're probably getting a €900,000 player. You might only be paying four four fifty for him. And again, just about being creative, but having a proper strategic approach on and off the pitch in terms of, as I say, everyday operations and player recruitment and what's the best way forward. How can we be the best version of what we currently are? Because the investor thing isn't going to really, doesn't happen overnight. It does take probably a year to two years to get the right person in. You can't just sell your club to anybody um, because I think, you know, we've seen in the past where people probably have jumped into deals and possibly regret it. But we do need to, to start now and not start in January or February. Oh, fuck, what are we going to do? You know, regardless of what division we are, we should have a plan A and we should have a plan B. And it should make sense. And it should be looking to bridge the gap, regardless of having less money. But how do we get the best value for our, for our book? Um, I'd like to hope and think that that's, you know, happening. One thing I would say as well is that everybody at the club absolutely work their asses off. Um you know, whether it be admin work, whether it be keeping the ground as well as it can possibly be, interacting with the community. But the, the thing I'd say is that they can only do so much and they're absolutely stretched every direction. And, you know, it's all well and good with us coming up, but like, well, we should do this and we should do that. But at the end of the day, they need help. They can only do so much. And that's what I kind of where I'm coming from in terms of like getting the, a strategic approach, a daily approach to things. Um, yeah, and I know a lot of times as well, like, well, I, I think, look, there are, I think there are resources out there that we can tap into to, to get help. Um, 
And sometimes the thing is always put back, well, do you want a good striker or do you want extra people to work behind the scenes? I'd nearly at this stage get rid of the fucking striker and get someone in to help these people. Because if you haven't got stuff right off the pitch or you don't have the support, well, that feeds into on the pitch as well. So, yeah, I, I would be looking to put better structures in place if I'm being honest. Jerry, in regards to the investment, like, I know it's it's nearly a dirty word when it comes to Sligo Rovers at times, but you know, realistically, is it? Would it be your best move going forward? Like, I'm starting really turn to it as a, as the proper approach now, nearly going forward, because we are going to be so left behind next year in terms of budgets. And oh yeah, we'll have the lowest budget in the league next year. We'd be red hot favourites for going down. I'd imagine. Yeah, like that's and we have no buffer next year, no UCD or anything like that. You're you've Galway coming up that's going to have money, and whether Cork or it's Waterford come up, there's money involved both there. Like even Cork should be stronger next year than put they'll appoint the manager and there'll be a few quid to spend. So, you know, you're looking at next year as a real worry already. If you want to bring an investor and you want to do your due diligence, absolutely, it it, it wouldn't happen. It doesn't happen that quickly, do you know. Yeah, no, and that's even with that though, Jerry. Like even you know you do your due diligence and everything on it. Like it still doesn't guarantee that they're going to be good for the club. Like my biggest fear is that you have these lunatics that have come into Waterford, come into Cork in the past, and you know, the club goes out of existence. You know, you're yeah. you're hitting the reset button again. You know, you're like Limerick coming back as treaty at FC and nonsense like that. Like, you know, it's it's a scary process to go into, but at the same time, football is moving into that area where. Where cash is king. Oh, it definitely does need to be looked at. It's just trying to find the right balance, maybe, or the right people, or do you know, is there a possibility that you could sell, say, forty nine percent, and the supporters hold on to fifty one, like the German model? Yeah. Then how is that attractive? Is it you know is that attractive to somebody else? You, you know, you just don't know. Um, and uh, like everybody throws out the word, oh, let's just get an investor in, like. You nearly think that it's going to turn up like this Easter Bunny like the next day. It, it, it's not that easy. Um, you could make it that easy, and you'd complete more than likely make a complete fuck up of it, because yeah. you you have to do due diligence. You know, it's as simple as that. Uh, but I do think it is something for 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 uh, for the future, not too distant. But you know, we are where we are at the moment, and February or January won't be long coming around. What Regards what division we're in, um, you know, I I'd even look at the two lad, the two or three lads down at Lone, like, you know, I think again, don't be self yourself. We're at the first friendly of the of the year down in down in at Lone, and those guys like they were raw, but they fucking stood out. Like they've played a year in the first division. Two or three of them are banging in goals. Are we realistically looking at them? You know, because to me. If lads move from America and they go to Athlone and they play in front of 50 people a week, they must have something about them. They must have a little bit of desire. I know, I think Athlone's weekly wage bill is €3,000. We've probably, if you, probably three of our players would be on what they're getting a week, you know, combined, obviously. So, do you know, again, let's not be, you know, two or three years ago, someone says, oh, signing players from the first division, they turned their nose up at but there's a lot of a lot of good players out there that are getting week in week out. Like you need just need to look at maybe Ryan Graydon that was at Longford Longford Town the season before last. Jerry signed he's there half a season straight away. He's gone to the UK, so there is talent out there. You just need to not be so snobby about it and 
maybe do our due diligence on those players um, and, and give them the opportunity because they seem to have something about them that, that want to play football and want to progress and let them use the club as a stepping stone. Absolutely no problem. Um, but when they're here, that they give the best for themselves, that they want to prove themselves and we get the benefit out of that. And maybe maybe we get a return on, on you know, when they go on. Um, again, from the academy, I think if, you know, we, we primarily sign players from within the region. But again, if there's someone out there, like, say, at... I don't know, Wexford and he's fucking tearing it up or Perry FC, you know, is there a way that we could, you know, maybe look after him in terms of accommodation or whatever the case may be and give him an opportunity or something like that rather than, you know, fellas from, I don't know, wherever, don't really just do what they want to do, but not what is best for the team. Myself, personally, I'd have uh, reservations about bringing in an investor um again i i just i i understand like i suppose people's desire to have to have that 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 quick fix of cash and cash is king as strong says but um i just i don't know like we're a fan owned club and i think that's something that we should be very very proud of um can we do things better i'm sure we can i obviously we, clearly we can uh, can we generate, I suppose, uh, sustainable revenue streams? That's to me is a is a better, I suppose, thing to look at as opposed to look for a quick fix of an investor that may or may not work, and if it doesn't work, would leave us in an awful uh, perilous situation. Um, you know, but then again, I suppose, like you know, I've been out selling tickets with with the lads and. Uh, the this my first year doing it, and I tell you, it's it's hard work and it's a lot of commitment. And like I'm only I'm only doing it this year. Like the boys are on the go for years and years and years. And like, you know, I I could, I'd say it's it's tiring, you know. And I'm sure that this it's very very difficult for them to kind of just motivate themselves to get up and get off the backsides and go out after you, as you say, Sean, after doing a hard day's work, going out selling tickets. It's a it's a really really hard way of of generating cash, and even harder when you see performances like 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 what we saw on on, on Friday night. It's hard to know, uh, hard to know what's right or what's wrong. But you know, um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be running to uh, I wouldn't be running to 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 get investment unless you you're hundred percent convinced that it was the right person. Like so, I don't know. But. Donald, even in regards like the annual draw, like the work the lads put in is second to none, like the miles they've walked, as we've already said. But even the return from that, you know, it's it's nearly becoming small money, even though it's so much money, it's becoming small money in what you're dealing with then in regards to the bigger picture, like and that's that's what's frightening, I think. Because yeah. you know, it's so hard to keep up now. Yeah. Like our biggest budget in our history this year is the sixth biggest budget in the league yeah. like that's that's frightening but John like I suppose the other the other way of looking at it is I mean if you if you think back to the year that we actually are the 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 Cook era it was somewhere I to me it feels something similar like this where there was there was money being thrown around in Dublin clubs like snuff of the week and uh, next thing there came a bit of a crash 
the money wasn't there anymore. And then we started to actually attract, because we had a pedigree of paying players' wages, we started to attract kind of probably more talented players over the side, the likes of, of, of uh, James McGuinness and fellas like that, that, that we mightn't have always... Um, they mightn't have always been tempted to, to, to cross the Shannon. They came over here because they knew they were guaranteed to get their wage, whereas other clubs, um, that wasn't the case, you know, so... I know you're right on that as well, Donald, and yeah, but like, those days aren't coming again, in my opinion, because there is investors involved now, because those days where teams were dealing with their European money and then they maybe didn't get Europe or that and then the, you know the re- recession did hit teams in certain ways but also we benefited off the the one year contracts and one year contracts don't exist anymore like Dublin clubs like even Adam McDonald and Paddy Kirk and that they left us I think for nearly three year deals I suppose you know that's that's gone but you're not getting that turnover of players all the time where we were were able to capitalise where Shams had lost a few quid, Pats had lost a few quid and their players were out of contract so we were able to step in and say, well lads we've guaranteed money for you here, come down and sign for us and we were able to ride that gravy train for a couple of years but then you even seen it when they started to all come back in terms of getting money, the first two to jump off the off the boat were McGuinness and Quigley when Shams had their money back again they went up because they got two year deals up in Dublin mm-hmm. off Shams well, we still weren't able to offer two year deals and that's, you know, where I don't see them days coming back again where we'll piggyback off that and, you know, gain success off it. Yeah. Uh, we're we're in a situation now where it's long it's long term contracts in the league. Like even we have players signed there for two years with an option of a third. Yeah. For the club. You know, we're even saying we've even signed Burton and Marteo on short term deals for this year, with the club having an option on next year. Yeah. But it's 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 long term contracts on, but at the same time, like like I there's part of me still kind of struggling to to understand what the attraction is like. So we have max four places for European football every year, right? That's that's it. So if every club has an investor, if every club has a sugar daddy, that means there's four clubs going to get European football, and there's going to be six clubs that are going to be disappointed, and the sugar daddy is going to start questioning his investment. But that's yeah, and look, that's a strong possibility of what's happening. Like even Dundalk and all that, you've seen it happening there. And like I suppose if they don't get Europe this year, they're in serious trouble next year. So there, I don't think anyone can hide away from that. But in terms of the rest of them, like shells are only starting in their process. Yeah, you know Kelleher's not going anywhere at Pats. Desmond's not going anywhere at Shams. Doherty's not going anywhere at Derry. And Bowes are riding the, the like Bowes have millions in the bank with Evan Ferguson. They, they're they're yeah. set. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's your, there's your four clubs not going anywhere, and in the meantime, like as I said, shells are, shells are only starting. Draw it now with this investment coming in. God knows what that is. We don't know. It's too easy to say, oh, they're going to have loads of money next year. God knows what's coming into them, because at the end of the day, what does Draw have to offer? Really and truly, as a club, as a place, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but but is, I suppose is nothing he... there. Like whereas and, and, like Overs, no. Burnham, is. I would say it's probably one of the best in the league to invest in. Like your return, if you're pride in what we're doing in terms of football, like the return you could get from Sligo Rovers is phenomenal. Like you even go back to Motherwell at home last year. Like I don't, I can't recall a European game by any League of Ireland team, and maybe I'm the blinkers on for this one, where you're seeing such an atmosphere, such a 
such delight, such joy, such energy around the place. And even for Motherwell, the way they came away and spoke about Sligo and everything afterwards, like there was such a buzz from both sides in regards to it. Like for an investor looking on saying, that's the kind of club you want to be involved with. Yeah, you know, but there's all passion in there. There's there's proper love for the club. You know, there's a lot. And then even in to- in terms of tourism and around the area, like Sligo's amazing. But I know that always doesn't lead into football, but it's just... I don't know, is that something that's looked at in regards to it? Yeah, because personally, I look at all these investors coming into Irish football and it, there, it, there is no fucking return from it, in my, in my opinion. Like, European, like, the, what Irish teams do in Europe is minuscule. Mm. Like, the commercial revenue isn't there, in my opinion. Now, Jerry, you might have a better know-how on that than me. Like, but that's only my, uh, my looking in and from the outside, like. And... Um... Yeah, look, I don't know. The word investor is kind of a bit of a stretch, isn't it? Um, I suppose it's kind of more this multi-club model now that these invest investors, again, are are thinking of. Um, so, yeah, I, I suppose it's only new, really, too, and it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. But like, like that, too, if the shit hits the fan, the League of Ireland Club will be the first club that's jettisoned, that's thrown out, like, so... I wouldn't have a lot of a lot of faith in them. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. I won't be against it. You'd love the the German model. I think that would work really well, and it'd probably work well in what you're speaking about there, Sean. And that, you know, if someone wants to become involved in a club, well, yeah, it is a good. It will be a great club to become involved in. Uh, in terms of your history, probably the most important thing you've got. Do you know what I mean? It's ingrained within the community and the region. Um, it's not just a new club or a reform club or a club fly by night. You know, it means something to people. Um, so, yeah, that's the type of person you'd love to find that's, yeah, wants to become involved in football and wants to become involved in it maybe for the right reasons. Something along the lines of maybe, you know, what the Wrexham guys are saying, whether they follow, in fairness, they've done a lot. Uh, whether they can continue to follow through on that, that'll be something that would will, will be good. But look, I'm not silly enough to, to say these guys are, are, are all it. Time will tell, won't it, I suppose. Yeah. No, actually, funny enough what you're saying there, I, I, I'm not even going to mention it, but I, I actually, I, an idea came into my head. <laughs> anyway, don't mind that, Roland. <laughs> you can cut that out as well, Roland, but... Uh... God help us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will just have a quick through the results of the weekend. Um, the women's senior team were unfortunately defeated by Wexford Utes by four goals to one on Saturday. Um, some bright sparks in their performance, but unfortunately defeat. Um, goal by Casey Howe in that one, and they actually go to play Shams away next Saturday at five o'clock. Um, so if you can make it up, you can go in. Um, the game all is also on LOI TV also. If, if you can't make it. Um, other results then, uh, academy teams, men's under 15, uh, Rovers won 2-0 away to Dundalk at Oriel Park. Um, goals there coming from Troy Kelly and Adam Feeney. Men's under 17, the lads won by three goals to nil against Longford, so another great win for the lads there. Um, Dara Patton, Alan Hegarty and Niall Kenny scoring for the under, for the under 17s. And the under-19s also won. They were at home to Derry City. They won 5-1 this time 
Um, goals coming from Connor Campbell. He scored twice. Rashid Yaboa scored twi- scored twice also, and the fifth goal from Connor Reynolds. Um, the and also the women's under nineteen team. They were away from home this weekend. They made the long trip to Cork, so a second away trip this weekend for Dara Healy, um, who's the under nineteen women's manager. They won three two away to Cork. Two goals from Orna Murphy and the winning goal was scored by Katie Maguire. So well done to all the academy teams on their great victories this weekend, as we said. Uh, they're flying the flag, so well done to them. Uh, two other things to note then as well regarding the academy teams. Um, Kiva Flynn, who is part now of the women's senior team, she started and played 90 minutes in the Republic of Ireland's under-17 women's team, they defeated Scotland in a friendly in Portugal. So, well done, Kiva. Um, Kiva's also in the squad for Tuesday's friendly against Portugal at 11am. So, well, best of luck to Kiva and the Irish team there. And as we mentioned earlier on, Connor Walsh has been called up to the Ireland under-19 men's squad for two upcoming friendlies against Bosnia and Herzegovina. Um, that I think they take place in Spain. So Connor has a trip ahead of him this international window. So best of luck, Connor. Best of luck, Kiva. And sure, we'll see you back in the better red before no time at all. Right, lads. Um, I suppose there's no predictions to make this week, really. But the prediction I'll ask you for is, um, we play UCD next. Will John Russell be still in the job by that game, Donald? Jesus, Ron, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, it's a really difficult decision. I see people as just actually just while you're on the topic as well. So I'd want to go off on, on one, but just just briefly, right? I see people giving out about the management committee saying that you know that uh, they should have sacked John ages ago and this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. Right? I will say one thing. The, I think the management committee have been incredibly brave in what they've they've really backed John Russell to the hilt um, in terms of, of finances, in terms of being patient, in terms of, of giving every opportunity, um, I suppose, to put a stamp on this team and to make his mark as a manager. I do think that John has all the attributes to be a great manager. Whether Stike Rovers is the right fit for him right now, I don't know. It's a really, really difficult call. I certainly would like to be in the, the the making the decision. I would love to see John stay on, win the next load of games, win 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 another two or three games before the season is over. Uh, will he be given that chance? I don't know. If he's not given the chance, there's a lot of fellas in that dressing room that have cost the manager their job. That's all I'd say. Um, but. I do, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Barry? Um, yeah, it's obviously a really tough question. Uh, no easier answer to it. I think a lot of things have to be kind of maybe analysed before a decision like that is taken. You know, um, I suppose, you know, we've lost several key players through transfers throughout the season. That's obviously affected the, the team and uh, the performance of the team We've had a lot of injuries, a lot, an awful lot of bad luck along the way. But then on the other side of it too, you know, you'd have to wonder wonder about maybe the the culture within the squad, uh, and 
has that how we've gone from a situation where we were very uh, buoyant, very enthusiastic at the start of the season and where we've kind of kind of ended up in almost a toxic type scenario or that's certainly what it looks like from the outside looking in. So how how was that environment, that culture, how was that managed managed? Was it could have been could it have been dealt with better? Could can we learn from it? Um I would say in regards to whether he'd be still in charge come um UCD, I think we'll know. I think people were expecting I think people were expecting uh, a decision straight away after the game. You know, like what happens in a lot of English clubs and things like that. And, you know, you know, traveling back up the road from Cork last night, people were expecting that the, the, the decision to be made there and then. In fairness, look, the guys running the club do take their time to make decisions and not knee-jerk. And I think that's the best way to go about it, to analyze it, see what the best fit for us going forward is. I think we'll hear. I think we'll hear a decision pretty soon, one way, or we'll know one way or the other pretty soon in the next day or two, in my opinion. Um, I, I I wouldn't like to be making that decision either. I know a lot of people on social media are saying sack this, do that, and they nearly take it kind of. Uh, I think somewhere else actually. Uh, what was it in relation to? people being fired and how people love to see that kind of dramatic uh, situations and they're nearly reveling. I can't remember. I actually read it earlier on. But yeah, like at the end of the day, these are real life uh, decisions that have to be made and have huge impacts. And, you know, I think, again, what Donald said, I think the players, you know, have really let let everybody down including themselves but I don't think that really matters to them Sean you don't want to Sean would you you don't want to make a prep on this no um, the boys have summed it up pretty well there uh, no more than what Donald says earlier like being one of big, John's biggest supporters all year so kind of being left with egg on her face really at this point in time but um do think he'll be in the job, yeah. Come on, UCD, I do think he'll be in the job. And look, I hope he can turn it around in some way, shape or form. But as I said earlier, some serious, serious changes need to be made if he does. What do you think, Donald, or Ronan? What do I think? Um, yeah, as Sean said, agree with all the points. I think he is going to be there. Um, I think, yeah. Because realistically, if, if, if you get rid of him now who's going to come in what What are we going to do Um, and like Jerry you mentioned the knee jerk reaction like it's do you just promote within for the next whatever amount of games there's left like that like who who gets in charge then does does Conor O'Grady come in and become or does like Declan Boyle is the under 19 manager like he, he has a full time job with the Leitrim Sports Partnership so like he can't easily give up that job for you know six weeks whatever it is seven weeks so does anyone have the required license to step in and do the job well I think you can does do anyone it for, have the FAA license you can do it for a certain period of time I think as an interim okay if they have to if there's like you looked at uh, 
was it Dundalk, your man, Italian fellow, Giannoli, whatever his name was. He was there for a certain period of time, but they couldn't. Um, but you have to. It's only when you get to, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, that's right. Shane Keegan had to do them, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, but uh, I think yeah, that's my answer. Would be I think he's going to be. He'll be here for the UCD game, but after that, then we don't know how that's going to go. Thank you, Donald. Cheers, Ron. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Jerry. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, boys. And thank you, Sean. Cheers, lads. Thousands of Sligo people. I was proud. I went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3 2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. One more. It's brilliant. 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 Here comes Quigley.